I want to say that as somebody who's been working with data for a long time, I am suspicious of data. And all of my experience has led me to know, be suspicious. Because like when you get a report, it is a very poor summary of reality. And so when, when data seems to be suggesting something, that's when the questions should come up. What is going on here? What is actually being measured here? And Monica here. Welcome to the Data Podcast for Nerds, where we get to talk to amazing professionals and ask them all about how they use data to solve the world's problems. We're highlighting all of the awesome data skills that are available out there that you can use in your data careers as well. Today with us, we have Oz Dussolet. He is the Excel on Fire MVP. How are you doing today, Oz? I'm great. I'm so great. Glad to be here. I'm glad to have met you a few weeks ago when I was down in the Phoenix area. And so, yeah, here we are. I'm glad to glad to talk with you and the audience. Me too. So glad to have you on the show. <laughs> so to kick off our show, we typically ask people to tell us about their origin stories because we're all nerds. We like comic books and superheroes and all of that. So if you could... Tell us about your origin story, your background, and how you got to where you are today in your career. Right. So um, I've thought about this, and I've told the story a lot about me starting in the call center and my supervisor and director complaining about my calls being too long and whatnot, and then me eventually using Excel to, to tally exactly what I was doing over a week and I saw interesting uh, categories emerge like tech support calls and the higher ups didn't know we were taking tech support calls and that many of them. And so I uh, sent that data to the president of the company. I was scared. I had decided that if I'm gonna die in this ditch, then I'm just gonna die in it. But it showed me the power of data and I had used Excel as that tool. So that led to a lot of other uh, roles where I used data to dig into issues and expose obsolete reports and inaccurate reports. It was very powerful. And I just saw how seriously I was taken because I was able to work with data. Um, then there was a layoff in 08 and eventually, you know, freelancing and whatnot. But right now, I primarily train people because I love to empower. Now, that origin story is when I started taking workshops, like self-help workshops. Right? And I would go to the front of the room to share something from the past week. And I noticed how this room of maybe 100 people would shift. What is Oz going to say? And there were times where I'd go for a laugh and the room was dead. Uh, but there were other times where um, 
people would get some insight from what I said. They would laugh at certain things. They would get the humor. And um, then I started to do small Excel workshops. And I loved being in front of the room. And people loved having me in front of the room. So I thought, how can I enhance this? And I thought about, okay, public speaking, uh, a coach. I did not like that at all. Uh, counting how many times I put my hands in my pocket, how many times I looked off into space. But then I found out about Second City in Chicago, because that's where I lived. And I found out that they offered classes for the general public. I thought it was for people who wanted to be on TV. And so I took the four levels of improv. Uh, I took four of the five. I took two stand-up classes and a storytelling workshop. That was great. That, uh, like one thing they taught us in, in Second City, don't come here and try to be funny. Funny will come, but you got to learn how to support your ensemble, support a scene. Uh, if a scene is going in a cliche direction, divert it into something else. Um, but then another key was when I went to see a friend, he, he said his band was playing. I didn't know he was in a band. So I went to go see the band. John played saxophone in a reggae band. Wow. At intermission, I said, man, John, this is great. This is great. I didn't know you played saxophone. You're amazing. And he said, I'm an okay sax player. I'm a showman who plays good enough sax. Oh, right, because he brought the stage presence. He would talk and introduce the bandmates in funny ways. He was engaging. And that is what I've embraced. He gave me the permission to say, when I was playing bass, I was an okay bassist, but I would dance and come down off the stage and play the bass. You know, I'm playing like this, right? But then I would play it like this and it was engaging. And um, now I've done a lot of Excel over the years, lots of different projects. Um, so I bring all of that experience. I'm not the flashiest, the fanciest, the slickest Excel user. You want VBA, you know, slick VBA? Go to Jordan Goldmeyer, George Mount. You want M code in pools, uh, Miguel Escobar. Um, graphs, John Peltier. I am this rogue who can take basic Excel pieces and build you a kick-ass solution. Um, but I like to empower other people to do that through my showmanship, through my ability to engage and entertain. So that's what I'm doing now. And I'm living a pretty good life now. Um, I rarely do projects at this point. I train people. 
I do one-on-one -on -one tutoring and um, drawing on the improv, the storytelling that I've done and um, just appreciate telling the truth about who I am, what my strengths and weaknesses are. And I thank John for that, for telling me I'm a good enough saxophone player who's a showman. That's really great advice because a lot of people think that they need to be perfect in their specific area, right? And it's like, you right. don't really need to. Right. Or, or they want to know everything. They, you know, I get the DMs. I want to know everything about Excel, Oz. Well, there is no point in that. And it's impossible. Oh. Definitely very impossible. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you, you tell the truth about what you do, what you need, um, what you don't like doing but can do. You know, I've written a lot of VBA code and I tell the truth about I hate being in that mental space. Mm -hmm. And my last few clients who've wanted like VBA projects, I help them find somebody else, even though, yes, I could do it and take the money. I think that's a really good skill to have too. just being generally like resourceful. If you don't or you you don't know or you don't want to or don't have enough time to provide those types of services, you know who else can. And so you can provide those different resources. Yeah. 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 And uh, yeah. And the big thing is like there is not having enough time uh, or being in over my head. But then there is. I just flat out don't like doing that stuff. <laughs> I no, I I don't want to change the oil in my own car. I just tell that truth and take it to the dealership. That is true. That is true. Oh, but you can save money. No, I'm spending the money. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if you were to give yourself a title, what what do you do currently? You talked about training and uh, providing those Excel services. Oh, Lord. What? Um, what does your I shirt say? about this. Huh? Oh, my shirt says Excel <laughs> MVP. Right. Yeah. Yeah. From the um, 2022 summit. Um, okay. Uh, yeah. I make a jersey every year. Uh but what would be my title? Just, I, I have described myself different ways. Folks have said, oh, you're the wizard. Oz, the wizard of data, the wizard of Excel. I don't feel like that. Because most of my career, my claim to fame has been data cleansing. Okay. Murky, nasty, ugly, treacherous, merciless data. That is, uh, that's not magic wizardry showing up in the curly-toed shoes and the, no, no. This is me like trying to duck some fuzzy duplicates and then getting hit in the mouth by some two-row headers. And then I got to snap out of that and get myself together and come back with, ah, I'm gonna unpivot your ass, right? And see. Yeah, that's that's how my work pulling stuff out of PDFs and it's all over the place. And now I got to find some weird pattern and then realize, OK, 
whenever there's that cell with the two colons, then I gotta go over and up. And that's the piece I need. So now I gotta identify the, every cell with the double colon. So all of that kind of stuff, not wizardry. That is like, man, and, and, and I feel great now thinking about it. It's like, you are not gonna get me. You <laughs> might swell up my eye. You might hurt my ribs, but I'm coming back. I'm coming yeah. back. Dative cleaning's no joke, y'all. <laughs> it's not a joke. And and I would like to see that treated more as a skill unto itself because building charts, dashboards, all the data visualization, all you know, that is treated like those are treated like skills. But data cleansing, I've had one project where um I had to take all 30 PDFs break all the data out, bring it all together, dedupe it, find the patterns, get rid of stuff that the client said was irrelevant, all of this stuff, and pass it off to the database guy. And then some more PDFs came in, but I had already passed it off to him and gotten paid. He had the skill, but he asked the client, can you have Oz deal with this? He just <laughs> plain did not want to, and that's okay. Mm -hmm. um, but it's like, you know, you need people to embalm dead bodies, you know, and, and they're not always pretty. You know, hey, I'll go into the room with the dead body. <laughs> Do that. <laughs> I'm not going to write no VBA code. But yeah, I'll deal with your old nasty PDF data. Yeah, come on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So would and, you say that yeah. this data cleaning is like the, the your favorite data problems to solve? Or do you have other favorite data problems to solve? Well, that's up there. Because um, for one thing, and, I, and I've told people this, that... Um, yeah, there's all the data visualization and stuff, but everybody's got to clean data at some level. And you become an asset when you can clean data. But then I have liked building tools in Excel. Like one, one thing was my client made uh, food containers and he would send those out to his clients and every week those clients would send inventories in and they were all in all these different formats so there was some data cleansing to get all this data pulled together so that we could provide my client with low level alerts and so um we had to deal with things like these things we can get within a day and then other things might take a week or a month to get more of. And so they had all these different low levels. So like this one, when we get down to a hundred, um, we need to know because we need a month in order to replenish, but mm -hmm. these 
we can get down to 10 because we can get more tomorrow. And so there's all this stuff moving around from all these different clients. And, and it was hard, but it was beautiful to set that up, to set up the whole process of how do we bring in all of the different reports? How do we get them all compiled and, and unpivoted and headers pulled out and subtotals pulled out and stacked up and then bouncing every uh, every item against their respective low level amount um, and then not have a whole big old thing hanging out to where like you got 2000 products and you got to scroll down through to see the eight that have low levels. So uh, it, was, it was beautiful. And then trends so that the client could know, was there some spike in usage mm -hmm. or was there some sudden unexpected lull in usage? Mm -hmm. uh, so it, 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 it was beautiful. It was beautiful. Uh, hard, hard. But the, that's the type of tool that I like building. Yeah, I have a background in security risk and compliance. And so there's a lot of business rules and monitoring involved in that too. So while you mm. were sharing that, I was like, oh, that sounds like a dream. <laughs> mm, mm, mm. Yeah. Yeah. So so what would be an example in your world that's that's similar to that? Yeah. So I mean, depending on what you're looking at, um, one thing is like terminations when somebody gets terminated or leaves a company, there are um procedures in place where you need to remove them from the access of the system, right? You would not believe how many people do not do this in a very timely manner. And so when I learned about data analytics and how to automate things, I built tools where it would alert like, hey, you know, this person has left like a week ago and they still have access. You should probably turn off their access. Yes, yes, yes. And and that, wow, that that is just like, more of the beautiful stuff because you reminded me of things like um, when at one job um, I had to monitor these curriculums, people going through a curriculum and and people had to take four courses, but some states, uh, the fourth course was optional. So now mm -hmm. I had to consider that. What state are you in? Um, but then there would be like, um, as we are having our ceremony uh, a week before you usually send the awards out every month, can you send out these three so that we can have the ceremony? And so, okay, how do I think about this? Um, because I need something to where I can't send this out again because that's been happening in the past and is all kinds of hell around that because people start getting double billed for these things. Um, some don't show up. Oh man, so yes, I had to, I had started with a process, but then I had to build my own piece into the process to not send stuff out that I had already sent out as a favor. Wow. Yeah. 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 And, and, and I loved it. I loved it. Um, 
And it was more of the experience that I had uh, that I bring now because I've, I've seen so much. And uh, one time I was helping a law firm with their payroll. Uh, their numbers were not adding up and everything had stopped for three days. Mm-hmm. And in 45 minutes, I figured out what had gone wrong. And it was the kind of somebody had an unusual situation and made some ad hoc move in the spreadsheet, um, but it messed the spreadsheet up. So it was more of that, um, yeah, there is the regular process if things go regular, (laughs) right? And then you got weird stuff that happens in reality. Now, what do you do? You say, no, I'm not going to do that. Well, then there'd be other kinds of problems. Okay, maybe you deal with that. Or you get really crafty and think about a way to incorporate unusual, unforeseen situations Mm -hmm. that can blend into the process not create a a bump in it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And that's super, that's super important because in reality, how often do things actually go regular? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. Um, Cause like uh, one time, uh, so like some, when I was a commissions analyst, a salesperson made some outrageous sale and was owed like, let's say $40,000 in one month Mm -hmm. and let's say that usually he's getting like six thousand a month the vice president of sales talked with him said you're gonna kill my cash flow so can we do it this way can we do it i'll pay you half now and then half at the start of next quarter i had to build something into my spreadsheet that would trigger the second half of that payment uh, I couldn't have some sticky note sitting on my desk or I'm, <laughs> I'm going to remember it. No, I needed to build something in his workbook that would smoothly, when it's time, bring that other $20,000 in. Mm-hmm. And um, when that happened, the sales vice president came, ah, what is this? Is this right? remember the second half of the thing? Oh, yes. Good catch. Good catch. (laughs) Yes. Win. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Ah, yeah. So that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And that's kind of stuff, man. It happens with data because I feel like, you know, there's so much talk about different tools. Oh, that shouldn't be in a database. You need to learn XQL. You need to learn this, learn that. Well, there's all of this just thinking about processes and how things flow and thinking about accuracy. Mm-hmm. And if you got, you know, if I'm writing on this wall and it's accurate and you can follow what I'm doing, then damn it, I'm using the wall. <laughs> works right yeah whatever works and whatever you can be responsible for 
you know, because that's another thing around data is, is, you know, some companies will, small companies, they'll go get a database and there's nobody to configure it or run it. Mm-hmm. You know, but they've got Excel. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Or they got a wall and, um, you know, there's Walgreens got some crayons. <laughs> you got some accuracy. That's the thing. Anyway, I'm feeling I'm getting out of hand. (laughs) (laughs) And we bust out the crayons, the markers, the paints, the finger paints. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And then the then yeah, then the auditors come over and mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah, and and they pull out a kaleidoscope and they look down and say, (laughs) "Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, yes, (laughs) I see." (laughs) So. I want to circle back to something that you mentioned in your origin story. And we'll talk yeah. about this as an uh, introduction into the fun bits. Yeah. So you mentioned that you took some improv classes and I can see that it really has helped with the way that you tell stories. Cause I am just captivated by all of what you are saying right now. Mm. <laughs> into kind of um, what you experienced during your improv? Uh, A lot of things. Uh, First of all, in level one, um, they didn't give us a lot of feedback and that was deliberate because they wanted us out of our heads. You know, if, if they said like you're roommates and somebody's got your favorite fork between their toes and they're trying to eat spaghetti. So that's your saying, go. So now you got to be present and, and accept this wacky premise um, and, and just be there, right? And stop thinking so much. Mm-hmm. And that has helped me like, when I am in front of a room and stop thinking Maybe there was something clever I wanted to do or something serious I wanted to say, but things are going in a whole different direction. I am not going to fight it to pull it back to what I wanted to do. We have to go with it. Um, Second level, we started talking about just easy stuff, cussing, booty jokes, whatever. And the instructor said, we're not going to do easy. Mm-hmm. Um, third level, we start talking about uh, character work. So you are that roommate with the, your roommate's favorite fork between your toes. Yeah, you be there. Um, what does this person think? What do they want? Are they trying to be a jerk? Or did they know it was the favorite fork? Whatever. You think about what is this character um level four was scene work and if something is going into some cliche direction get it off of that path you see somebody in your ensemble is lost jump in and and save them do something don't leave them out there dangling um and then fifth level i didn't do but that was more scene work and longer scene work and the students were more in control and the uh the instructor was there to be more of a coach. 
Mm -hmm. Um, So what I've gotten really is be present and not think so much and go with whatever is being given to you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so would you recommend other data professionals kind of experience this improv to help them in their careers? It depends on what you want to do, who you are. I have heard people say that, oh, I recommend improv to any and everybody. Mm -hmm. And, um, but I wouldn't tell somebody no, because I know this about you, don't do improv. No, I would never say that. Well, you're not allowed to say no in improv, right? Isn't it yes and? Yes, yes, and um, but then I've heard I didn't do annoyance theater, but annoyance theater is supposed goes against that. Oh. Okay, but generally, uh, it's yes and. Okay. All right. Um. So, uh, improv has helped me and what I do, like being in front of people. Um, but it's also, will you use it? Will you, because there are some people who, who fought to get out of their heads. They're thinking, thinking, thinking. And, uh, there was one show that we were doing and, uh, we, somebody, so we had always four people on stage and there would be, somebody would give themselves a reason to come off. And then somebody in line would give themselves a reason to come on. And there was this guy who was behind me and he had something planned that he wanted to do. And he asked me if he could cut in front to go in to the scene behind the person who was in front of me. I said, no, that's not improv. That's you planning some shit. And you, no, no. Uh, and, and some of that going with the flow, you get into what they call crowd work in comedy and stand up. That's hard because like, it's one thing to prepare a bunch of jokes, but then now you start engaging the audience and you don't know what an audience member is going to say. Um, you know, How is stand up different than improv? Uh, for one, a stand-up is on the stage by themselves. There is oh, no true. ensemble to help them or catch them or feed off of. There is the pressure to be funny. And there's some statistic around you need to laugh every 17 seconds. And you build to a crescendo. You build to the huge laugh. Um, That's hard. And then, you know, I've done it. I've gone out to do open mics. You out there and can't get on the stage until two o'clock in the morning and flop. Mm. And see that I got a five minute set here planned and I'm a minute and a half in and people aren't liking me. And uh, Lord. What do you do in that situation? Get through it. Get the, but the thing was, um, and I really appreciate um, the instructor I had, Ranjit Sauri. Uh, his first day of class, he said, you will bomb, 
you must bomb because if you don't bomb, you are there's nothing to learn or get better with. Um, and he said, if you aren't comfortable with bombing or getting honest critiques, then don't come back to the second class. Hmm. Really, really appreciated that because it, it wasn't all flowery and nice and you can do it. Uh, and so this one time that I'm thinking about when I completely bombed, uh, some other people, classmates were recording and I went back and I looked and I could see I was in my head thinking about the jokes. I was not present for the audience. Yeah. Were you counting out the 17 seconds? Have they laughed? Have they laughed? <laughs> um, no, I was thinking about um, the night before when I killed. And then I start thinking, what's wrong? What's wrong? What am I doing? Time for the next joke when I say this thing. And yeah, it was like I was reading the stuff in my head and expecting the audience tonight to react like the one last night. Mm -hmm. I was not at all present. And it was clear when I looked back at the recording. Yeah. Interesting. And I can yeah. see that advice of planning to bomb um, relating back to being a data professional, because there are a lot of people, Ooh. including myself, that advise that one way to learn is to fail because you learn from those failures. Yes, yes, yes. And, um, and so I wouldn't say planning to bomb. It was like, you will bomb. Yeah. And, and if you aren't willing to get up and shake off the ashes and stuff, then this is not for you. Mm -hmm. uh, so that that's the one thing. And um, so you said uh, about failure as a way to learn. Now, one thing is uh, having the right uh, atmosphere, mm. right? Because I've struggled with like traditional workplaces because there's treachery. And yes, you fail. Is there somebody waiting to say, see, see, see? And then you, next thing you know, you're being walked down to HR because somebody was gunning for you. I've seen that. I'm aware of it. Um, and fortunately, I have had higher ups, uh, the right higher ups looking out for me. And yes, I've made mistakes and they'd be like, okay, what went wrong? What can we do to fix this? Where did things go wrong in the layers above me? So that was really good to where I could make mistakes and it wasn't the end of the world. Mm -hmm. Yeah, having that environment and support, I think, are yes. key. Yes, yes, because I am not about romanticizing stuff. Because I could say that when I did that Excel stuff and sent it to the president of the company, I could say, look, you know, stand your ground and stand for something. 
Uh, well, there's a very real possibility of, you know, HR showing up with a box. <laughs> True. <laughs> you know, I cannot romanticize this stuff. Yeah. Keeping on topic with this learning, whenever yes, you yes. are... <laughs> Whenever you are learning new things, what are your go-to resources or your approach to learning? So let's think about when uh, Power Query came out with the joins. And I'm seeing this inner join. I kind of get what an inner join is, but outer, anti, what? So. I would start by trying to fiddle around with it to see what it does. That helped me in times when I've inherited a worksheet and it's got all these wild formulas. And I try as best as I can to peel the pieces down, but then it still comes down to, I got to fiddle with this. I got to do some inputs. I got to change stuff to then see what happens. So I'm kind of a dive in. Uh, at the at the start then i might go to youtube to see um what instruction there is there but with the joins i found a whole lot of here is how you do it but i still did not know what the hell is an anti what and then there's a top and a bottom in the interface not a left and a right hmm. Yes. So I saw my fellow Excel MVP, Ken Pools. He had done a long blog post where he detailed what each join is. I printed out that blog post because I had to get away from the computer. I needed something paper to where I could highlight and fold things and write in the margins and flip a page. And I needed that physical thing to where I could go like sit on the couch or sit in a cafe and not be distracted with emails and alerts and stuff um, and have this physical thing that I always had with me and could flip through and not some web page to go dig in or, or some Dropbox file. Um, and that helps so, so much. So those are some of the ways that I approach learning. Okay. I like that. All right, more, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. What do you like about that? Well, it just reminds <laughs> me of having something with me when I was in, um, I think high school and college, I did this. I would always have like uh, post, uh, like little cards with me always mm -hmm. in my purse. And if I was like standing in line waiting for something, I would just bust out the little cards and start flipping through them and studying. And I think that helped me out just having something with you at all times. I mean, yes. now I, you have apps on your phone that can help with this, but I was old school and had paper cards with me. Oh man, I tell you though, <laughs> I, oh, 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 you know, I I have, you know, like um I got this notebook 
and it's almost done. I need to uh, get a, a new one, but I do that. And um, I got mechanical pencils. Oh, I got this pencil right here. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. See, um, <laughs> see, look at this. This look at this pencil. There are no uh, marketers in there with a tracking pixel. It's not going to update, and the eraser is going to be true. in the middle in the morning. Very no. standard number two. Is it a number right. two? Right. Yeah. Uh, yes. It's a number two <laughs> pencil with an eraser. It's thick. It works. It's not tracking me. There's no privacy uh, thing to read through. No. And then that's what I like about these kaleidoscopes. There's no ads mm -hmm. in here. There's no marketer yeah. saying, get on my email list. There's just beauty and the craftsmanship of this is by Corky Weeks. Wow, she, Corky Weeks is amazing. She she's retired from making kaleidoscopes, um, but there's just beauty here, and to feel this, it feels like silk here, and this ceramic face, and uh, just just the beauty of it, you know. Um, and there's math is, involved in the kaleidoscope. Yes, beauty. yes, there's math. Yep, and this is by Peretti, and then uh, the Peretti couple. There's feathers oh, in here that wow. um, I work with this. Uh, so you don't turn it, you pump this, right? And and you get this whole different experience inside of it. And uh, the Paredes have retired as well. Um, there's nobody messing with me in there, mm -hmm. right? Um, so that's what I get, you know, by the apps and stuff. Every app that I'm invited to download, I'm saying, okay, Spying on me, <laughs> uh, you know, updates that have to be made. The alert on my phone that says you got low storage. Do you want to pay 99 cents a month for more storage? Stop. Yeah. Yeah. Pencil. Good old pencil. Number twos yeah. only. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, yes. And I, yeah, I use a number with my mechanical pencils, a 0 0.7 lead, uh, yep. number two. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. Never yeah. 0.5. It's too small. Yes. Yes, exactly. You get, you get you know, the right feel and everything yes. from a 0.7. Yeah. See, we, I'm glad, I'm glad this. somebody relates. All right. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> oh yeah. We, we got some more fun bits. <laughs> I like fun bits. Oh, I love it so much. Oz, thank you for oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. all of your wonderful tips. Are there any other last words, recommendations, encouragements for the listeners out there? I want to say that as somebody who's been working with data for a long time, I am suspicious of data. And all of my experience has led me to know be suspicious because like when you get a report it is a very poor summary of reality and so when when data seems to be suggesting something that's when the questions should come up what is going on here what is actually being measured here and uh one example is i was in a group of youtubers and this lady comes on and she does his travel uh, videos. 
and she seen clear uh, the analytics. When she's in a bikini, in her thumbnails, those videos, they get watched. The analytics are telling her, wear a bikini in your thumbnail. Mm -hmm. But what if her travel takes her to Greenland? Okay, what do you do? Right now, if you're some data purist, you know, that, that the data is your religion, then they, they'll have her doing nutty stuff. Mm -hmm. No, And so you got to look at data and be suspicious of it. And um, I don't look at my analytics too much because like I'll post a video and it'll say this video is performing seventh out of 10 after 72 hours. Then I start feeling bad. What did I do wrong? I didn't do anything wrong. I'm here to enter, entertain and empower, not kiss the analytics ass. I love that. Entertain and empower. Yes. Oh, thank you so much again, Oz, you. for being on the show with us. Um, if any of the audience has questions for you, where can they find and or follow you? Um, YouTube channel, Excel on Fire, and on LinkedIn. Just look up Oz Dussolet, and I'll be glad to hear from you. And uh, I also have courses on the LinkedIn library, about 12 courses, Power Query, some Excel basics, formulas and functions. Yeah, I'm around. He's around. Go check out his stuff. It's awesome. <laughs> All right. This has been awesome. Oh, yeah. thank you so much. <laughs> and as always, folks, happy learning. Happy learning.